Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Brando and Joe podcast. For this podcast episode, our guest is Dr. Alexis Fink. She received her master's and PhD in IO psychology from Old Dominion University, currently works as the vice president of people analytics and workforce strategy for Meta, and is the incoming PSYOP president-elect. Welcome, Alexis. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you. It's delightful to be with you guys. We're excited for this episode because we have our first annual PSYOP conference coming up and neither Brandon and I have ever attended. I, I think we just found out about PSYOP like this past fall, how like exciting it's going to be. <laughs> oh man, it's like nerd Disneyland. It is the best. <laughs> it is my favorite week all year. In fact, I even refer to it as my annual intellectual honeymoon. I just come back every year so juiced. <laughs> We heard that it's like a lot of fun. Like, of course, you know, you learn about research and you meet other practitioners in the field, but everyone that has been to a PSYOP that we were able to talk to said that you have to go because you just have so much fun with everybody that's there. So I think that's true. Um, I will say that I am by nature an introvert. So in my real life, if I'm at like a party, like a neighborhood block party or something, I'm usually looking for a dog or trying to do dishes because (laughs) I'm not great at people. But at PSYOP, it's like, these are all my people. Like the nerd stuff I'm into, everybody else is into it. And so like, it's, uh, it's amazing to walk through all of the really crowded hallways and see name tags. When I was a graduate school of professors that I idolized, and they're like real people wearing pants and out in the world, and they're lovely. Like, I've only ever maybe had one unpleasant conversation in 20 some years of going to PSYOP. It's just like a target rich environment for brilliant, lovely people who love the same stuff you do. It, it's just super fun. Well, you have us sold on it. <laughs> uh, that, no, that's amazing. Uh, so you said 20 plus years of experience in PSYOP. That's so awesome. What was something that you've really seen when going to PSYOP? What is that best memory that you have or that core memory from PSYOP? Oh God, I can't pick just one. Um, I will say that, uh, I think I'm probably not polite to say this, but the time outside of the sessions is more valuable to me than the time in the sessions. And I have one type of interaction that I've had so many times, I can't count them anymore, where you're having an exciting discussion with someone and saying, yeah, and the problem I'm really working on is X. Now I need to figure out how to do whatever, or I'm stuck on this piece. And the person you're talking to will be like, oh, my friend at company or university or whatever, XYZ is working on that. Or I just saw a presentation on that. And then you sort of look around either the ballroom because you're at the opening reception or like the lobby of the hotel or the giant atrium where people are like, you know, fighting to get the last Danish. uh, And they'll say, oh, there's my friend who knows this over here. Let's go find them. Or now that cell phones are a thing, which tells you how old I am, they'll like text their friend and be like, oh, such and so, hey, you know, where are you? I've got somebody who wants to talk to you. And the number of times that just being like a little bit bold and being like, you know, the thing I'm really working on is actually the thing I'm really struggling with is why, or I'm really considering engaging in Z strategy, the, the, the intensity or the density of people who are doing that same thing that will have kind of an off line off the record conversation with you are amazing and there are sessions are still good you should definitely still go to sessions i still cite (laughs) years ago brian welly who's a social scientist but he's a social psychologist but he comes to psyop uh is at google and um when uh we were still 
we were just getting into more data science as a field like a decade ago. And he did a session about uh, that involved random forest in some way and was talking about interpretability of data and white boxing and black boxing and how we need to make sure we as an obligation, we as a science have an obligation to make sure you can justify all of your outcomes. And um, he sort of joked that one of the challenges in that particular method was, you know, how do we get to the to the conclusions? And it's like kind of shrugged and said, I don't know, the trees just said so. And so like, how do we need to then back that up and think about the use of regression and the, the use of uh, techniques that would make things uh, make sure that we were using bona fide occupational qualifications, making sure that we're complying with the law and ethics, et cetera, in all of our methods. And it's just, um, there's probably not a 15 minute period at PSYOP that doesn't include something that just brings me joy. So. Oh, that's great. I, I like that idea that there's like a huge area that everyone can kind of just talk and meet. And this might be like a silly question, but is it just like one big conference hall that you just see like people walking around or like, where does this actually take place? It sort of depends on the venue. Sometimes there's a conference center and then conference hotels and they're split apart. Sometimes it's a conference center where the hotel is in the conference center. So like the hotel lobby ends up being kind of the hub. Most of the conference centers have some kind of a big atrium where they'll set up, you know, the coffee breaks and, and people will end up milling around. Others are spread on multiple levels. Uh, so it does end up depending and we we book the conference facilities out several years in advance but anytime you're trying to cram five thousand people into one little space like they're a lot it's very dense even if it's there's some in the hotel lobby some in the hotel bar some on the main atrium and then people in and out of hallways so it's um uh, it can be certainly a little overwhelming for people who maybe have a little bit of a, a crowd related anxiety uh, the vendor hall is also surprisingly informative and they'll usually have the poster sessions in the vendor hall pretty close to each other, kind of depending on the layout. So it can be really useful to go and talk to some deep experts about tooling or employment opportunities for your graduate student. Uh, and at the same time, kind of wander through whatever set of posters are up in that particular poster session. Uh, and they'll organize those kind of by topic. So here you'll have uh, in one, you can pass through it in 15 minutes. You can sort of read the headlines and the abstract and have a couple of minutes conversation with 50 different research projects on the thing you're interested in. And it's just, it's like, um, it's like if you could walk into a 10 year span of JAP and like, here they all, it's all like, like living history museums, except it's all PSYOP stuff. That's so awesome. And I kind of liked how you painted a picture there of the way everything looks you know, a lot of our audience is like prospective students uh, who are trying to get into IO or students who are in IO, and a lot of them could be attending PSYOP as well. Um, with your experience at PSYOP, what is something that you could tell these first-time students at PSYOP that could really help them out when they show up and what they need to know when they get there? You know, the first time I went to PSYOP, I really wasted the opportunity because I was intimidated. And everybody there seemed to know each other. In fact, for me, I've been going for you know decades and it's like a family reunion. I hug people, I'm too excited to see them. But if it's your first time, you don't have those relationships. And it's kind of like um, if you're dating and you go to your partner's family reunion or family holiday for the first time, you don't know anybody and you feel real weird. And so my natural instinct is just kind of hang back and examine my shoes and spend a lot of time in my room. And that is, and then like go to the sessions, but that was it, right? And that was a complete waste of an experience and I blew it big time. And what I'd learned by the second time 
is that thing about it being like a honeymoon for nerds. Um, and, and I'm saying nerd here with deep love. I'm, I'm including myself in that. So please don't <laughs> anyone feel disparaged. Um, this is utmost respect and appreciation. Uh, but I learned that you could in any moment in the elevator, in the hallway, waiting to get into a room, waiting for a donut at the coffee break at any moment and sort of turn to whoever is standing next to you and be like, what have you seen? That's good. What are you excited to see? What are you working on? Are you presenting? Like you can have kind of a list of a half a dozen questions that you can ask of any single person and nine times out of 10, you'll get into a useful conversation. I also have a, a woman who's now finished her doctorate. Um, uh, it's been years, um, but she sort of jokes that uh, her favorite, I don't know anybody in this circle game to play is like the Kevin Bacon game, except you pick someone at PSYOP. Like, oh, you know, my graduate advisor is what? Like, how are we connected? And it turns out that like everybody in PSYOP is like one node away from every other person at PSYOP. Um, this particular person, like I was on her dissertation committee and I, I taught a graduate class that she, she was in and supervised her internship. So she likes to play six degrees from Alexis Fink and then like tell me what her results have been. And it is always moderately embarrassing. Um, but you can sort of do some of those things like, oh, I'm really hoping to you know meet such and so. Or, oh, I read this great paper. Or, hey, I'm going back to the classics. And oh my God, Rick Guzzo is over there. That's so amazing. Um, you can use these sort of, like it's okay to, fanboy or fangirl a little bit and then often you'll get an opportunity to meet those folks and like what are you working on now that's exciting what's what are you stuck on what do you think about chat gpt is it going to change our world like you can sort of just have these softball openers and um again nine times out of ten it's not like an awkward first date where you're like throwing stuff out and nobody's picking it up it really is like oh my god i'm so glad you asked because i have thoughts about this and then you're off to the races. That's great. Because I, I think even not just SIA, but other conferences too, that like people should understand that like other people want to talk to other people too when you're at these these places. And it's like, I know it's intimidating for me and Brandon too, even just like coming into grad school and we're like, oh, like, should we ask this person this? Or like, do you think they're going to want to talk to us? Or even at um our, uh, the Metro event like the mini sign up for New York city. We're like, Oh, should I go like say hi to them? <laughs> do they want to talk to me? Um, and they do. And you're right. And like nine times out of 10, like they want to help. Um, and I can only see that like translating to sign up. Uh, and another thing that I was interested in was, um, the conferences or not the conferences, the, uh, the actual like, uh, presentations that we get to see. Um, I know I was able to read on your uh, LinkedIn post that you posted was like the tips and tricks. Uh, I talked about, uh, the Hoover app. Yes. Through this app, are we able to, to access those presentations or like kind of get like a glimpse of like which ones I want to go to or like how does that process really work? You know, the Whova app changes a little every year. And I know, in fact, the deadline isn't, um, doesn't matter when, because by the time this is published, it will have been passed. There is a deadline by which you have to upload your materials uh, so that the materials are available. What's not clear to me, it should be, and I, I'm just not close enough to the program this year to know is whether you can preview those materials in advance or they're only made available after the conference. So mm -hmm. that bit, I'm not sure on. However, there's always an abstract that you can read that will talk about who's in the session, what they're gonna talk about. Is it a dialogue? Is it presenting research? Uh, in both the Whova app, which is searchable and the online program, like you log into the SIOP website, there's a program search. You can search by individual name. 
to be like, oh, wow, you know, I met such and so a person, or I'm a prospective graduate student, and I want to go to this school, let me see what their program director or their faculty, I can look up their faculty online, let me see what their faculty are presenting. Um, let me, and sometimes faculty and graduate students will present together, so then you can meet some of the graduate students, poster sessions are a great place to do that, and you can have conversations and see the kind of research that folks are doing, and also how faculty are engaging with students, because you're going to want to know that if you're coming in as a graduate student. Do you get opportunities to shine, or is the professor like sucking up all the cool stuff? Um, so you can really do a little bit of work ahead of time. There are multiple tools. You can search by topic area. Wow, I think I'm interested in performance management. Or, oh my gosh, I'm super juiced about uh, how skills and can be used. Or whatever your thing is, leadership, change management, whatever your topic is, you can search by those topics and get a menu. Usually there are several things per session that I want to be in. And you can also search by individual person. I will say, um, usually when somebody's right before a session, like maybe don't bother them because they're trying to think about what they're gonna say and and like move files and, and plan things. It might be the only time they actually talk live to their co-presenters. Um, but right afterwards, it's totally fair game to mob them. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that it's kind of cool too, um, to think that you can just approach them in any capacity because I feel like that's kind of how the convention is set up to really give people the opportunity to not only create these connections and network, but also to try and grow the field itself. Cause kind of what you were talking about where uh, you can really just workshop things with your colleagues to try and solve yeah. problems. I feel like also helps the field grow. And I'd love to find if there was any research done on like the amount of projects that have come out of like workshopping at SIOP and <laughs> what we've learned from that. That'd be really interesting. That would be really interesting. That I think would have to be a separate project in and of itself. Uh, we'd have to sort of follow up and be like, so what came out of this for you? I know that for me personally, some of my very best ideas have come out of PSYOP. I'm like, ooh, I didn't think about putting those together. Or, ooh, here's this new method. Or there are times when I have uh, cited a piece of research that I saw at PSYOP that um, never made it into publication because most internal work doesn't really make it out. So uh, if you're looking for things that practitioners are doing, um, there'll be stuff about, I do a lot of things with employee engagement. So, oh, here's this finding about whatever this dynamic is that like, then I'll follow up with the person. Hey, can you tell me more? You gave me your slides, but I have these other three questions. Frequently, people are pretty friendly about that. Uh, and then the other thing that's wonderful is um, most of my best ideas for PSYOP sessions in the future come at PSYOP. And I try to take advantage of that target-rich environment to say, I think a great session would be X. And in order to deliver on that session, I need like these four attributes. And I have good ideas about two of those seats, but I need somebody to introduce me to, and maybe I have good ideas for all four, but like I want to meet new people. So I need somebody, then I need some people to help me figure out what to do with the other two seats. Hey, I really need a lawyer to talk about this because we're going to talk about the employment law considerations of it. Or... You know, I don't, ha I don't have as many contacts in government and we really need somebody in government to talk about the aspects of it there or whatever. And because PSYOP is so tightly interconnected, you can usually, within a couple of questions, get to a person who will meet those criteria to make some super awesome session. And I learn a ton from putting together sessions, even the ones that don't get accepted. I learn a ton build a relationship, think through problems, um, just in the act of putting it together. 
That's awesome. And that's so cool that you can like kind of see how that works out in the process yeah. in it. Um, you're talking about these connections and I wanted to ask you about this. Um, for us, for Joe and I, we're first years, so we get to take part in like the ambassador program. Uh, mm -hmm. For those prospective students out there who this is going to be their first time at PSYOP or are looking forward to their first time at PSYOP, uh, I was just wondering what's your impressions on the ambassador program and like, I guess, could you paint a picture of what that ambassador program looks like for people who don't know? You know, I think uh, it depends a lot on who your ambassador is. SIOP has a lot of great programs that are designed at connecting people. Sometimes those connections happen before the conference, like some of our mentoring programs. And some of those connections happen in the context of the conference where folks are um, meeting for the first time and then operating sort of as a, very much as an ambassador, as a big sibling that will kind of say, uh, okay, what are you interested in? Let me see who I can introduce you to. Uh, let's maybe look at your schedule. And you can ask them to do this as well. Look at your schedule and think about this. Uh, if you're anxious about going to the, the parties in the evening, they can sort of encourage you that this is a thing you should do. And also discourage you from taking advantage of the open bars. Again, um, there, there certainly have been graduate students, and it always does seem to be graduate students who end up like throwing up at a plant, and you don't want to be that student. You don't want that to be people's first impression of you. So like ambassadors can help you with some of those like social norms. Uh, and then if you get stuck, if you're like, what the heck, where am I supposed to have lunch? Or I don't have anything to do tonight. Um, they can help kind of nudge and guide you a little bit. But again, I think that will always be a matter of um, the engagement within the individual ambassadors that you're working with and what you bring yourself. There's really good research, and we're researchers, so we know this kind of thing, uh, really good research about what it takes to be a good mentee as well. So I would approach that ambassador relationship the same way I'd approach a mentoring relationship. And I'd, um, I'd recommend kind of bringing your A-game, knowing what you're worried about, uh, knowing what you want to get, what your goals are out of the conference, uh, and then um, that ambassador can be most helpful to you if you know what you need. I think Brandon and I got pretty lucky that it was in Boston because it was super close. It sounds so yeah. great so far. It's like only going to be like a three and a half, what, four hour drive for, for us? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing, nothing bad at all. Yeah, nothing awesome. bad at all. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that more grad students get to come. I think I know we were able to talk to some other grad students in I.O. and they said that they were going to like we we're all going to meet up. Um, and I don't know, form, try to form a group, but at SIOP, are there like these, uh, is there anything in place for, for grad students to have kind of like a meetup or is that kind of on them to like talk amongst each other and like see who's there, um, that sort of thing? So I am certain that there are things in place for graduate students. Many programs host a reception one of the evenings, make sure you go to that, and that will be your current graduate students as well as your alumni generally try to show up. Uh, and those are quite valuable. So at a minimum, there's that. There tend to be some graduate student events. There are also some consortia uh, that are aimed at particular like uh, moments in a graduate career, like a doctoral consortia, which is a little bit later on in your career. There's a first time, there's a reception for first time attendees. So you should make sure you go to that. So there are a variety of things. There's also, I know when I went as a graduate student, the first time I went, because we're all broke, it was a 12-hour drive, we drove it, and then 12 of us like 
piled into one hotel room with like double beds and a sofa and like guys had to sleep on the floor with one of those because we're super broke because we're graduate students they feel that um, <laughs> yeah totally and adorably i won't name names but there are three dudes in their 50s who all went to graduate school together at one of the programs and the three of them still get a room together every year at psyop and continue to and like kind of draw straws for us to sleep on the sofa because they just find so much value in their kind of annual slumber party. So building that community, even among yourselves, I think is really useful. The, the content type that is the, the most target rich, I think, for graduate students are the poster sessions. So you'll tend to find just hordes of graduate students there. And so if you're trying to kind of build community with other students who might be interested in the kinds of things you are, um, it's not just finding students. It's finding students who are interested in the things that you are. So really um, plumbing those poster sessions uh, can be super helpful to figure out like, oh, who else is interested in whatever your thing is? That's going to be us, Brandon. Slumber party together. Yeah, Joe and, I, Joe and I are sleeping on the floor. It's already been determined by our friends. So All the cool people are doing it. We're starting the 20-year tradition this year. I like it. No, we're it's it's exciting though. And I like it's interesting because all of our professors, all of the people around us that we're really communicating with, the people that have been on the podcast, they're all kind of telling us about their PSYOP experiences. And I think every single one of them has also given us the same warning that you gave us, don't drink too much. Um, so uh, it's really interesting. And I think that it all kind of goes to the fact of how small and interconnected the field is. You talked about the six degrees of Alexis Fink. Uh, so uh, with that uh, kind of in your mind when we're talking about how small the field is, how can you use that to your benefit? And what are some like pitfalls to that when you, when you are going to PSYOP? Well, the pitfalls are uh, you can never be an incompetent jerk because if you are, like, that's kind of like you're going to have to go off and do something else. <laughs> um, so don't don't be an incompetent jerk. Uh, don't be um, sort of all hat and no cattle. Uh, you really need to deliver, right? Um, we don't have a big tolerance as a field for people who are snake oil salespeople, right? Uh, who are just, you know, being real slick, but don't have the receipts in terms of capability, technique, good methods, whatever. Uh, so the first thing is don't, like, don't just try to be slick, man. Be competent. Um, be good. Be solid. Be honorable. Uh, and because it is such a close, connect, interconnected field, like, um, when I when I took the job I'm in now, there were a whole bunch of people who already knew me. And when I took the last job I was in, there were a whole bunch of people that I already had relationships with. And when I took the job before that, there were people that I sort of already knew. So, and I didn't necessarily take those jobs because I knew the people. It, in some cases, we like kept it really separate. Um, but you get there and you realize, oh, like I'm connected to you in these six different ways because the community is fairly strong or fairly small and, and connected if it's the really solid IO stuff. Um, so don't ever be um, an incompetent jerk, but just try to avoid that as a human. Uh, and then the advantage is, um, so last week, a guy who's doing a bunch of stuff about applied psychology at the APA, and I'm on this committee for the APA, reached out to me and said, hey, I need to find an IO psychologist who's in practice, 
that's having this kind of impact in this kind of an organization with these kinds of attributes. Do you know anybody? And I'm like, oh, I can actually think of about six people for whom this is true. And because I've known them for a long time, like I have their personal email addresses. Let me drop them a note. And almost all of them like, yeah, I would love to participate with you. Right. And over and over and over again, you don't always get a yes because sometimes people have obligations. I'm saying no to a lot of stuff right now because I'm just kind of underwater at work. But on average, you get a lot more yeses than nos from this community. And even when people tell you no, they tell you no, like with love and they want to know how it worked out. Uh, and so the fact that you're only one or two degrees away from most things means that you can, you can make that kind of a request. I'm working on a research project about this. Can I have a half an hour of your time to talk about this? Um, make sure that like you're not always a taker. That's not awesome. Um, offer something kind of in return, even if it's just adulation. Uh, but because the community is fairly small, I would bet that you are already only a couple of nodes away from almost anyone you would want to meet in this community. And most of them, even if they won't, like they can't give you a job, for example, most of them can point you to a paper that they did or a post that they've done or something that will help accelerate you. And it's super valuable. I think that's one of the most important things is that I, I kind of like that idea of that. It's like a big community where we have like so many people doing so many different things, but that it's small in terms of like, if I meet someone that says like, oh, I'm an IO psychologist, like, oh, me too. What are you doing? Yeah. What? Versus maybe a different field, um, say something like finance, where I feel like if there's two people in finance, it might not be as closely related. So it's, it, there is that sort of like connectivity for IO psychologists. You um, know, it's interesting. Um, I'm in my fifties at this point. And so I have a lot of friends in a lot of different fields. And I sort of in graduate school took for granted the closeness and the sort of supportiveness of the IO psychology community. And the older I get, the more I recognize that that's really unusual and special. And I can't think of a friend or family member in another field that has um, the same strength of professional identity in a community where you've got folks that, where the community is such a part of their identity as opposed to the specific employer, employer or employment context. So you'll see people in this field more so than in others that I've experienced moving from academic to applied, moving from consulting to internal, moving from government to industry moving from being an entrepreneur to being in a large organization, moving from being in a startup uh, and very technically focused to being much more um, like bespoke and artisanal. And we see this fluidity um, in a way that I don't experience in most other places. And some of it I think is a credit to us as a, as a field for being open to those things. Some of it, I think, is also the breadth of education that we get. Um, most programs will sort of force you to think about what does consulting look like? What does elite practice look like? What does uh, elite research look like? What's true in these different contexts? You have to, at least my qualifying exams, I had to do the like whole range or everything on the O side and the whole range or everything on the I side. And I had to be statistically competent and I had to be able to talk to a stakeholder. And we just, um, we prepare people for these very comprehensive careers in a way that I think is unusual. And then we can take that forward into this kind of fluidity where folks can switch contexts. And as a result of that, 
like one of the people I'm super excited to hug when we get to PSYOP, just in the time that he and I have been working together, uh, he's gone from like chief scientist at one of the biggest boutique IO firms to like chief scientist at a tech startup to now being at one of the sort of biggest companies in the world as a technical expert, right? So I won't name drop the specific companies because it's not my story to tell, but like have gone from like bespoke IO to actually um, not IO at all, but but a technical startup, a tech, a high tech startup with 30 or 40 people, uh, and then into like a multi hundred thousand person company, just huge global organization. And, and it's interesting, there aren't, there aren't, a, there aren't a ton of professions where that kind of industry and, and life cycle and size hop is graceful. And um, a lot of IOs manage it beautifully. I agree. I think that's cool. Because like, I know, personally, I'm from a business background. And when you're sitting in business school, you're just like one of the 400 kids that are also listening to this professor talk. And I've noticed like a big change when even when my classes got a little bit more diversified later on, it was nothing like my graduate level courses and the relationships that like you're able to build with professors and with the other students. It's like so like the field itself almost nurtures that type of relationship where you're like learning how great it is and you're also funneling in people who have different backgrounds like if somebody's in finance they learn finance like joe was saying like they don't really have anything that they can really talk about they they learned finance they did finance they might have had a couple emphases in their degree but it was still strictly finance like for io like you could come from business you can come from psychology you can like you could come from you could have no degree and like work your way Mm -hmm. through into like a different then you can do sales. Like it's so interesting, like the different ways that people can come into this. So that's a really cool point that you made. That's there's also something special about IO in that it it blends um, uh, very human aspects of sort of very soft air quotes things that typically sit in HR with a very strong sort of scientific bent. Think of the amount of statistics and certainly even when I was in graduate school, the amount of coding we had to do uh, ties that to uh, a very rule-bound legal environment, and then has the unit of analysis really be people at work, which is the foundation of an economy. It is where people spend most of their time. Uh, it is a great source of meaning and well-being for most people. And so, like, by the time you have that intersection of of needing to care deeply about problems of, of people uh, around people at work. Um, needing to have some uh, statistical and analytical strength, uh, needing to marry that to some like influence and, and, and human strength, a very strong pillar around like justice and fairness. When you like, by the time you winnow that down and look at the space where all of those little circles in the Venn diagram overlap, you basically just have awesome people. That's what's so great about it too. It's, 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 there's, there's just so much you can do with so many great people. And I never felt like uh, pigeonholed or just like I had to do this one sort of thing. Um, there was, I mean, I, other fields in psychology, maybe school and clinical, I bet other grad students have thought about going down those paths too, and they're great fields. Um, but my one worry was that, do I really want to do just school psychology for the rest of my life? And I'm like eight, or was it 22 trying to figure that out? And then I found out about IO and it's like, Oh, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this, and you learned so much. Um, and it really was great. I think we have one last question for you. That um, 
maybe not all about SIA, but just in general, what are there any tips that you could give incoming graduate students at IO or maybe current graduate students um, just about kind of succeeding in the field and what are some things that they could do? Yeah, you know, I think if there's one super generic piece of advice that I would give incoming or early year graduate students, it's to make sure that you're doing some kind of work, like not just doing school. Uh, and it's pretty easy to, to do like school and maybe like work in your professor's lab. But it's fascinating to me. I don't actually supervise brand new grads anymore. But often it takes about a year for people to like get good at doing work if they haven't done it throughout. And you, the secret is you don't have to do it full time to put it on your resume. You can do it 10 hours a week. Um, but it was enormously helpful for me when I was in graduate school. Like I had a 10 hour a week job as a statistician for like a medical research pediatric, like it was a, a research facility, but they did work on like immunizations. Uh, and I had uh, like six week job doing compensation analysis, which I sought out because the grad program didn't give it to us at all. Right. And I thought that would be important if I was going to be an HR leader. And so like I found a lot of opportunities to learn how to work and have a job that then helped me think through performance management differently and it helped me think through selection differently because I'd sort of been on the other side of it. And it um, also helped me when I was interviewing for full-time jobs that I had projects that I could reference that were deeply practical, that translated the skills I'd learned at, in school into a project at some kind of job. And people often think, well, you have to go get a big, hairy internship at you know, some big name brand company. A lot of what I did was for like, small, small, local kinds of things, 100 person firms, 30 person firms, a bunch of people I went to graduate school who did stuff with like local fire and police, local hospital, local something, um, where you can then maybe do things you might not completely be qualified to do for yet. Like I put together a 360 program that I ran entirely in Excel, which is not the way you should run a 360 program, but there was like no budget. I'm like, <laughs> I can take this out. Um, and really, it was such a wonderful compliment to what I learned in graduate school. And it makes, I'm, I'm consistently sad when I see people who've finished a doctorate and they've worked in their professor's lab, but they've never, um, they've never actually worked in an organizational environment and they want to be organizational scientists. Um, so I would for folks who really want to work in organizations, some kind of work experience. And if you're coming in like later and getting a master's degree, then you can just ignore this. Um, but for those folks who are going directly from undergraduate to graduate school, um, like our unit of study is organizations. So spend some time on them. It's like if you're a French major, go to France. If you're going to be an organizational scientist, like go be in an organization, like as a real person for a while. That's such amazing advice. I think <laughs> I think our uh, prospective students out there are going to really love that. I know I did. And I know Joe did too. It's a similar advice I feel like we hear, you know, do something. <laughs> Don't just yeah. Yeah, do it. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you a secret. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, I did statistics for that, um, people doing research on immunizations. I also was briefly in professional theater and I use that like all the time. <laughs> You, you does not seem like there'd be overlap, but there super is. And there's just, there's almost no experience you could have that is not gonna help you think in a more sophisticated way. 
Um, and, and that's such a tremendous gift. Using that experience is definitely something that people can do. Those transferable skills, Joe and I talk about that a lot on here. Uh, yeah. But we don't we don't want to take up too much of your time. We're so grateful that you were able to really give us a good introduction to PSYOP. And I know the students out there who are listening are going to be super excited to hear all of the amazing things that you had to say. Uh, but we just wanted to thank you so much for your insight and your knowledge and spending your time with us today. Yeah, this was a wonderful uh, break in my day. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm honored to be invited. I will look forward to being uh, swarmed by students I haven't met yet at PSYOP saying, hey, we heard that podcast with Brando and Joe. Oh, we'd love to. Like, <laughs> like, my own advice is coming back to bite me here. But, but I'll be delighted to say hi to folks. Uh, and I hope that they, uh, I hope that you have a fantastic opportunity there. I hope that sleeping on the floor isn't too hard for you and you can be sprightly. Uh, you know, go to the sessions at eight in the morning. Those people got up early for you. So like, give them a good crowd. Uh, and I'll look forward to seeing you in Boston. Yeah, we'll see you there. Absolutely. Thank you. Wow. So Dr. Alexis Fink, she was amazing. Uh, That was really cool to get to hear her talk about PSYOP and also just kind of her experiences with other working professionals within the field. I feel like uh, prospective students out there are really going to like to listen to this. Uh, What did you think, Joe? Yeah, no, pretty much the same stuff. Uh, It's kind of interesting to find out, like, really what is PSYOP? Because before even this grad program started, I didn't even know, like, PSYOP was a thing. Like, if you asked me what it stood for, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to find out from probably one of the best people we can listen to about PSYOP, what it is, how to succeed, what to do. And even the tips that she gave about just what general grad students should be doing to succeed, to, to sum it up, do something, you know, try your best to, like, get your experience out there. Um, I know I feel like that's advice that has been given to us by a lot of people in the field. Yeah, and it's interesting, no matter who we have on the show, they're constantly echoing the same things, uh, but with like a little different shades. And I think that it was really cool to also hear about the type of work that gets done at PSYOP. And as grad students out there, I feel like it's kind of a good field for us to understand because when we're going out there and we don't know maybe what research area we're interested in or what or what, or what type of field we want to go into within I.O., you can really workshop it with the other grad students who are there because we might not be able to workshop problems that are happening within our own work environments, but we could talk about what we want to do with our careers with the other students who are there. No, yeah, I'm actually really excited to meet the other grad students at SIO. I know we got the pleasure to talk to a couple of them on this podcast and just at different conference and events, but it's going to be cool to just meet and see what other people are up to and like what they're doing and this field to, you know, succeed and just push themselves forward. Um, But thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next Friday. And hopefully see you guys at PSYOP. Yeah, absolutely.